Welcome to the Raw and Uncensored Ambitious Podcast. During our time here together, I will be instilling all of the strength, power, and determination you will need to use the very stones thrown at you to build your ultimate empire. We will redefine the word bitch from the derogatory to the acronym being in total control of herself. So let's adjust our crowns and prepare to live life ambitiously. Oh, yeah, here I am, the original HBIC, Katie motherfucking Boyd. And on today's episode of the Ambitious Podcast, we have a tasty treat. Big Bernard, a.k.a. Matt Babine, is here. <laughs> Welcome, Matt Babine. Well, thank you very much. I am back on the Ambitious Podcast. Very excited to be here again. Are you excited to talk about what we're going to talk about? Because that is really, truly the question. Yes, I am very excited about talking about it because I've been going through it and I didn't know what it was until we talked about it together and we kind of figured it, you figured it out for me. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Matt Babine and I have been going through a dark night of the soul. <laughs> I've been going through the dark night of the soul, my personal self, this one, because I've gone through many dark nights of the soul. I have, but I just didn't know what the hell it was called. Come now on. I, now I know what it is. I knew what it was called, but now I know what it is and I'm a very aware of it. I'm very aware of it. And I've gone through them before, but I just didn't know really what it was. I never really peeled the onion to kind of figure out what it was. But, you know, with you... The last couple of weeks, we've been peeling that onion, and this is why we're doing this podcast. The onion is peeled. Definitely peeled. The onion is caramelized. Yes, caramelized and ready. It's an onion <laughs> ring at this point. It's been deep fried. Oh, come on. I, I love an onion ring. <laughs> Who doesn't Can't love an tell? onion ring? Give me, some, give me some ranch dressing, and I will eat that onion ring all night long. So we're talking about a dark night of the soul, and the things that we're going to be tar- talking about today is what the hell is a dark night of the soul? Mm. What are the top signs of going through a dark night of the soul? Why the fuck is it happening uh, to good people like us? To good people like us, because it's time to move the, uh, what do you call it? Move the uh, line, I, I think, that's to, so to speak. And then how long does it last and how to get through it quicker? Mm. And I think that a lot of people, when they're going through their spiritual awakening, have this dark night of the soul. Like a lot of people talk about like Eckhart Tolle Mm -hmm. and Michael Singer who wrote The Untethered Soul. Yes. When they had like these spiritual awakenings, they did not go through a dark night of the soul. They actually just woke up one day. Yeah. And they didn't have any pain, no adversity. They just had this like, whoa, I'm I'm awake now. Yep. But for the lay people out there like us. Yes. And most of you out there in ambitious (laughs) land. (laughs) Well, when, good for them if they didn't have any pain. Fuck them, <laughs> motherfuckers. But the truth of the matter is, is most people that are going through this spiritual awakening in their lives are going to feel literally like they have been chewed up mm. and and spit out and then chewed up again and then shat out. Yes, abs- absolutely. Is that a good you, way to put you, it? You summed it up. Yeah, I didn't know how to put it in those words, but... That's that's exactly what it, it is. Well, that that is what it is. <laughs> and so people are like, what the hell is the dark night of the soul? So the actual 
phrase, mm-hmm. the dark night of the soul, actually came from a 16th century Spanish mystic and poet who was St. John of the Cross. I don't know if you ever heard of him when you were with your auntie who was a nun Absolutely. back in the Dizzle. Yes, I've heard. And he hooked up with um, Teresa of Avila. And mm-hmm. Teresa of Avila was his like mentor during like this whole dark night of the soul. And he really calls it like a spiritual depression. But anyone, no matter what you believe in, what your religion is, what whatever, mm. everyone in life goes through multiple dark nights of the soul, but they just think like the world has dealt them a bad hand or mm. it's not fair or why is this happening to me? But at the end of the day, I believe, and I, we've had this conversation, that when you go through this dark night of the soul, it's actually exciting because every time you go through this dark night of the soul, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. But we can't see it. And that's what, as humans, is so frustrating because I don't know about you, but I always want to be in the know. Yeah. And I always want a freaking flashlight so I can see the tunnel that I'm in. <laughs> Matt has and like one I, of those oh, helmets. I'm like, I do not like it. <laughs> Matt has a helmet with a big light on it. That's that's what he needs in the dark. <laughs> I need a coal mining helmet. Yeah. Maybe, with the that's a coal mining soul. helmet. Yes. Yeah. That's what it is. <sighs> so, what is a dark night of the soul? I believe that a dark night of the soul is this these periods in our lives where we almost have to go into hermit mode Mm. like a caterpillar goes into its cocoon. Mm -hmm. And in that cocoon, it's not like a raven there. It's dark. The caterpillar is literally turning its body into goo. It's painful. But at the end of that gestation period in Mm -hmm. the cocoon, what happens? Growth. And the butterfly Change, emerges. Butterfly, yeah. So if we knew, if we knew every time we went through this ego death, this dark night of the soul, if every time we knew, but this is going to be so great because at the end of this, I'm going to be the beautiful butterfly mm-hmm. that has leveled up, the phoenix rising from the ashes. Would it be as painful as it is if we just had faith to know that at the other end? is going to be all the beauty and the uh, the amazingness and the next level. Yeah, I, I think the pain is part of the process. It's like, you know, if you see your body and you don't want to make a change, right, you have to do certain work to be able to make that body stronger. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with spirituality or growth yeah. spirit and right. soul, right? So you have to go through that pain, even though it sucks. And sometimes you don't realize what it is. You're going through it. And usually at the end, like you said, the light of the tunnel, it is it is there. But while you're in it, you may you may not see it because we don't have that minus yeah. helmet where to see it. So I don't think it's possible to be able to you know, you can't take the butterfly out. No, is that bad? The, that would because it wouldn't have enough strength to be able to fly, right? Right. So we have to do our own work, right? And our work is is to get through the dark night of soul, whatever that is. And usually it's when You've been putting the questions out there. How can I be better? How come my life isn't working? What can I do to make my, my, my life better? How come what I'm doing now is you know not going the way it should? I should be so much further ahead. Whatever the problems are, and I probably named about 10 of mine. Yes. <laughs> so, and I'm going to be out there with you know what I've been going through. And I think it's um, no, I think it's painful, but the realization of it is when you get to know, oh, wow, this is what I'm going through. That's huge because that gives you clarity. And then clarity is power. So it's like, oh, okay, now I know why. It's time to level up. 
these things that I want in my soul are going to come through, but I have to do the work and I have to go through the darkness to right. be able to get to the light. Right. Because it says in the Bible, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, mm. you can't go around the valley. You can't no. go under it or over it. You have to go through it. And through it. on the other side of that valley is the light. Yes. But we want the we want the magic pill. Yes. We want to, you know, call in reinforcements. <laughs> but at the end of the day, just like the butterfly, you were just said such an amazing thing that kind of sparked my my mind where you've seen people talk about you can't help the butterfly out of the cocoon as it's emerging because it has to do the work to gather its strength yes. and its wings have to get dry and they have to like harden mm-hmm. and they have to, you know, move their bodies and you see like little children, what do they want to do? They want to help the bird out of the, uh, yeah. out of the shell yep. or they want to help the, the, the butterfly out of the cocoon, yes. but you're hurting it because mm-hmm. you're not allowing it to gather its strength. And I think that that's such an important thing that we have to remind ourselves is, even though like you and I have such an amazing relationship and we support each other in every way, like I can't help really help you out of your dark night and you can't really help me out of my dark night because we have to go and walk those journeys by ourselves. We can support each other that's all, and we that's can hold all, space all, for each other. Support. We can love each other, but we can't help each other like push each other further to... No. Make it quicker. Come on, grab grab on, Katie. I'm bringing you. You have to do this. No fucking way. I have to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And it's an emotional, spiritual uh, process. Yes. Right? And a lot of my clients who I've worked with over the last 20 plus years, when they've gone through these dark nights of the soul, I'll ask them like, well, what what do you feel like? You know, what Mm. is the feeling? And they said, a lot of people just say like, the world is just so beige. Mm. It's just so gray. It, there's nothing that really gets me going. Nothing that used to make me excited and that used to spark my attention yep. is really doing it for me anymore. All the things that I thought were so important in my life are meaningless now. All the things that I lived for, my hobbies, my obsessions, all these things that are materialistic and three-dimensional that I used to think were so important, like literally give me absolutely no spark, no mm. joy. And that's really scary for people, especially when people identify who they are and their ego with material three-dimensional things. Yes. But everything has an energy and an expiration date, right? So everything is going to be used that energy up. So if the, those things that used to juice you yes. don't juice you anymore. So now you have to really look and look around and say, what juices me? When I feel my best, what am I doing? You know, what am I, what am I doing when I feel my best? And if I don't feel my best, what could I be doing to feel my best? And what did I used to do when I felt my best? Right. Right. So sometimes you have to go backwards to go forward. Mm-hmm. But also some of the things that used to make you feel good in the past don't make you feel no. good now. Absolutely. So that's hard too. Absolutely. Do you know maybe it, it, when your first dark night of the soul was? Like, can you think back to a time in your life where you're like, oh my gosh, yes. I Now that you're saying this to me and I'm understanding what this dark night of the soul actually is, like, what was your first one? Do you know? The first one that came to my mind, and I probably had more before this, but it was when I was in almost a, a plane crash, and the plane dropped out of the sky over 15,000 feet, and we went into a nosedive. I was on my way to a martial arts tournament in Venezuela and uh, Trinidad Tobago, and you know, here I am, the top of my uh, profession. I'm going to a world karate championship. And, you know, I was ripped and everything was going great and the world was ahead of me and all these great things are happening. You were so strong. And I was so strong and so focused and, you know, just everything was just aligned. 
And then all of a sudden, that one evening, the plane got a little bit shook up, and we almost crashed. A little shook up. We dropped 15,000 feet, went into a nosedive. The pilot was just barely able to pull the – he was going to make an emergency landing in the ocean. Jeez. I don't know what kind of a landing it was going to be because the nose was down, and I was actually – I hope in, Denzel Washington and, was flying and, that plane. I know. Well, he was better than Denzel. <laughs> and I was you know, actually holding onto the seat in front of me. And I was a Dark Knight of Soul, but then when I said, okay, this is it, I'm, I'm going to die now, because right? that's all I, th- I knew was going to happen, then this amazing feeling of peace came over me. And I don't know why, because I was so, so scared, so, so scared. Then all of a sudden, like I was like, oh, this is part of life. It's my time now. And then all of a sudden, I did not feel any more fear. And then all of a sudden, when I let the fear go, all I heard is the plane started climbing again. The plane climbed, and we got they got control of the plane, and that was not my dark night of the soul. That was scared shit. And well, that was the trigger because usually a dark night of the soul happens after like yep. some tumultuous traumatic event. Yes, and it shakes your ego. Like whoa, yes, all the things I thought were important before this plane situation happened. None maybe of it was important. Isn't important. What important. is really important, right? So, so I, when we did land, and we ended up landing back in Miami, and when I got off the plane, I was like t- a total different person. I was just like, what is really important to me? What is really, what what is my life really about? It's not being in the best shape it's not about being the best world champion at that time my life was in the wind i was going to be dead at like 22 years old yes you know yes so that was my first one and then i started changing things but i was young because i was 22 and when you're 22 you forget things quickly quickly so i probably lasted me from 22 to 22 and a half and then i went right back doing the regular stuff whatever i wasn't flying as much though but i did get over the fear of flying after that episode but you forget when you're younger and the older you get like you know where i am now it's like you know you remember these things and you kind of try to pick the wisdom out of it yes i and i love that matt brought the plane situation up because a lot of people will say like what triggers a dark night of the soul and it's usually like a major disruption in your life or a very uh triggering event and this could be like a death of a loved one yes or uh, some poverty so like you had money and then all of a sudden all the money is stripped away from you for whatever reason it could be an illness sickness or disease um a, a betrayal by yeah. someone that you love or a f- friend or a family member. It could be some kind of a justice. It could be um, an abusive situation like a relationship or some kind of assault. It could be a job loss. So pretty much these types of traumatic events can trigger the dark night of the soul. And for you, the traumatic event was, okay, I almost just fucking died. Yeah. And I think that all these things in the world are important. But really, at the end of the day, there's nothing more important than love. Yes. I mean, because if you peel the onion, that's yeah. what is most important, right? Love. yeah. So the first thing, like Matt said, which I love that you said that because I probably would have forgotten, is the first thing that happens is when you're going through a dark night of the soul, you have a major triggering event. And then what happens after you have this major triggering event or this trauma is really like this loss of direction and loss of hope mm. and loss of faith. That's exactly how I felt. Too, and right trust. Yep. Like, wow, I fucking have been working my ass off and creating, you know, this body and being so strong and being a role model and all these things. And now this is how I'm going to fucking go out. And lack of direction because it's like, who cares? We're all going to die anyway. Yes. So that's how, you have it. that's how I thought. I was mm-hmm. like, we're all going to die anyways. How, who cares what time I get there? And if I do this and somebody's just, dis- you know, disappointing me in this area or yeah. whatever the case may be. Yes. So, 
It's a lot to grapple with. It is. And, and, it, and it's also a loss of purpose because what you thought was your purpose may not be right for you anymore. And God is, maybe God for a while, and I'm not saying this about the martial arts because the martial arts always stood. It's yes. still to this day, you yep. have a martial arts studio and you're super involved in that. But for me, like to kind of piggyback on what you're saying is one of my biggest dark nights of the soul was being in the pageant industry for my whole entire life. Mm-hmm connecting my ego and my identity as who I thought Katie Boyd was, was this pageant person and then this pageant Mm. coach. And so I went from competition to actually training these girls. And then when I had this dark night of the soul, this crazy spiritual awakening, I used to go to the studio and I would, you know, go to do someone's meal plan and I would be training them and I would be doing their walking coaching. Remember I used to do all this stuff? Oh God, I remember. And I would be spray tanning the girls and getting them dressed and getting them ready and styling them and doing all this stuff. And then I would just like listen to them talk about like their macros and what they should be eating and how much cardio they should be doing. And I'm I'm literally like, who the fuck fucking cares? (laughs) Like I would want to scream like, who the fuck cares? Like this is so three-dimensional. It's so beneath me it's so beneath you i'm not saying the pageants but just like the the frivolity that we were talking about when i know that there's just so much more to life and then from there when after you have you know this loss of hope loss of direction loss of purpose because my purpose was always i have to coach these girls i have to make them the best i have to do all these things for you it was like i have to compete i have to grind i have to work out 10 hours a day i have to do all this stuff right and then what happens is you hit rock bottom. And a lot of people just become like very emotionally numb, right? They don't want to be around friends and family. They can isolate themselves. Um, a lot of people will bring up addictions mm-hmm. to their to their lives. Like so food addiction, drug addiction, alcohol, just anything to like numb them from feeling yep. these this pain, right? And a lot of people um, will unfortunately abandon you during your dark night of the soul because they don't understand what you're going through because it's yes. not their experience. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, whoa, Katie's being a fucking hermit. Katie doesn't want to go out. Katie doesn't want to hang out with us. Like Katie thinks she's better than us, which at the end of the day was not true at all. I was right. going through a massive, jarring, spiritual awakening. Awakening. And so were you. Yeah, because the, the, the good thing that came out of it is that I knew, I knew because the love I felt when I thought I was going to die and the peace that I felt when I thought I was going to die, you can't, you couldn't describe it. And thinking back of it, there was no fear. There was no worry. Everything just was shown to you. Like there was nothing to be afraid of. And that's when I knew there was a higher power. You call it God, universe, whatever. I call it God. I grew up Catholic and I never believed any of the, of anything really of Catholicism. Me too. And, but I learned God that night in that plane. And let me tell you something, you know, it was a horrible situation but it really was my spiritual awakening. Wow. And that was my, you know, that, that was, was the my, catalyst. That was the catalyst to say there is something more than just being here on this yeah. earth. And then I started, you know, like I said, I did forget. And I was young and I went back to the same old, same old and tried to fit back in. But I probably had PTSD because of it, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And, but I always held on to, well, what did I learn from it? And I did learn, I says, wow, there is a higher power. There's more than just me in this universe when you're 22 years old you find that hard to believe I know that there's more important things than you yep. I mean at least I was because I was very outside 
uh, what do you call it? Out directed. Of, uh, out of directed yeah, person at me that too. time. And that really shook me and really, really said, wow, there's so much more to this, this what do you call meat puppet that's yeah. walking around the earth that, that we are more than that. Absolutely. Freaking you know? And then once you go through the actual like rock bottom where you totally isolate yourself, you know, for you, you probably had complex pe- post-traumatic stress disorder, oh, which is CPTSD, which is even worse than and just I had PTSD. Male ego, and I still had to get on the plane the next day and everyone's like, oh, we have to go. And I'm like, I'm going home on a bus. Oh, for real? You know, so, but you're a guy, I was a captain of the team and I'm like, you know, we have to, we have to go. We have to go because these guys are going to go. And I was like, just pushing my masculinity to go and do this thing. And that was more PTSD, flying, yes. getting on the plane the next morning. Oh, my God, flying, I could never. You know, no, it was tough. Yeah, you, I mean, it was tough. I don't want to be like, you should be so proud of yourself because you should have probably not have done that. I should but have, like, if that's... I was proud of myself, I should have said, you know something, there'll be another competition. I'm going home on Greyhound. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Or... And how many times have we had these things happen to us where we're in the dark night of the soul, but we keep pushing? Mm. right we keep pushing and pushing and pushing and we just say and i don't know about you if this is how you are but me like i'm feeling so fucked up and i'm just like but you're katie boyd and you can't you can't just quit Mm. you have all these people that are depending on you you have all these things that you have to do you have to just keep going just suck it up just pull yourself up by your bootstraps but at the end of the day is that what we should be doing no i mean changing directions is not quitting i like that because i can't see you ever quitting anything it's the energy used up it's time to move on it's time to go to the next level it's time to do something different yes right uh even me my sign i'm a virgo i can keep doing the same thing for a very very long we time know. i don't mind i like the same food i like to go to we the know. same restaurant i'll go to the same places wear the same shirt on vacation and for seven days i will wear that because i'm on vacation um but <laughs> you know that's but changing direction is not quitting Quitting is quitting on yourself, quitting on your family, quitting on life. Uh, changing direction. I don't want to do this anymore. This is what I want to work on now. Yes. That is a good thing because it's called evolution. Yes, right? absolutely. Absolutely. So after that dark night of the soul, you had it when you were 22 years old. Yes. When do you think your next massive awakening was? When you were like, fuck this noise. I can't deal with this anymore. Uh, the next one was when... I had to make a life-changing decision whether I was going to go back to school or keep working because, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was one of those kids that, you know, oh, when I graduate high school, this is what I'm going to be. I'm going to go to school for this and I want to learn this. I had no clue. I had no direction. I knew martial arts was my direction. I loved martial arts. I loved competing. I loved teaching. I loved that. I knew that that was always going to be a part of my life no matter what I did. And that was really always, that was my goal. And I achieved that goal. But I also wanted to, you know, go to school and learn something. Yes. I was working at UPS one day, and I was just like, this is horrible. If I see another freaking brown box, now nothing bad about working for UPS. Thank you very much. A guy came to the house today, delivered all my goodies today. I love them. And, but it kind of like, wow, you know, I was so glad that I made the choices that I made, you know, for me. And it was just, that was a, a part where I said, I have to learn something. I have to do something. I have to be able to become more. And that got my ass back to college, started taking, I went to a junior college because I was a shitty student in high school, went to a jun- junior college, got into Northeastern University, um, ran out of money, had to leave from Northeastern University, mm-hmm. ended up graduating from Newbury College, which was a great college. I went for respiratory therapy. And that put me on a whole nother trajectory yes. of meeting people 
and so forth and so on and creating my life going forward. I wouldn't know you if I wasn't if I didn't go to that school. But see, that's the see. This is because Marjan, cool, our friend right. Marjan, was at the school. But that's the cool thing, and you wouldn't have been a respiratory therapist if your mom hadn't gotten sick and she was in the hospital. Yes, yeah, she was in the hospital, and she met this uh, gentleman who was a respiratory therapist, and she's like, she was in the hospital for like two weeks. She had the flu bad, and she was not a strong woman, and she was going through the gamut. And she came home, and she's Matthew. Every time I couldn't breathe, this gentleman came in, and he would make sure that I could breathe. And he was a respiratory therapist, and he, she goes, maybe you should look into this when you get, you know, get older. And for some reason, it stuck to me, and I just ended up doing it. Right. It was funny because I was in Northeastern. I was a criminal justice major, and then they had a massive respiratory therapy program. Matt, a criminal I'm, justice I'm, major. He's I'm, a fucking criminal. I'm, I'm, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm looking through the criminal That's justice nice. stuff, and I'm like, can I take this science, uh, lung anatomy, it's a respiratory therapy? I'm like, That's the, the guy was like, uh, what do you call it, a student assistant or whatever? Yeah, teacher's maybe, aid, yeah, teacher's teacher's TA. Aid. Maybe you should start looking at another <laughs> Maybe you should major. be going down another route. <laughs> so anyways, that's, uh, yeah. But, but isn't it funny too? One. Like UPS, when, thank you, UPS. But that is such a cool thing you just said because in the dark nights of the soul, God is always whispering to us. God is always yes. nudging us. God is always just kind of like the wind beneath our wing, right? And yeah. we just fucking ignore Him. Yes. And it's just like, why do we do that? But like you said, if your mom didn't get sick and you didn't listen to that whisper from spirit, you yeah. wouldn't be who you are today. You yeah. would not have met me. No. You wouldn't have had any of the things. And you would have been no. a totally different, it's a butterfly effect like that totally would be, you know? Totally different person. I wouldn't be with the, uh, you know, I'm in a healthcare company, uh, you know, partners in a healthcare company, vice president of the company, and I wouldn't be there. Yes. Right? So, I mean, it's like, and it's a healthcare business. I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been there if it wasn't respiratory. Right. So it's all affected, but UPS was one of the ones that put me over. If I saw one more box coming at me at the Oof, Christmas rush. I couldn't do it. It was horrible. God bless them. Yeah. Thank God for them. Thank God for them. But that's like, oh. that's uh, monotony. I couldn't do it. No, no, that's no, tedium. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it either. Yeah. So, okay. The signs that you're going through the dark night of the soul. Yeah. For me, I don't just get like spiritual energetic symptoms. Yes. I get physical symptoms. Mm. So I get exhausted, like so tired. Mm. Like the other day, Matt and I, we both slept till like nine something in the morning. And I was horrified because if you guys know me, you guys know I get up at the butt crack of dawn like every day. I just could not get up. I was horrified too because you usually get the coffee already going. I know. You're still sleeping. I'm the coffee bitch. We were exhausted. Yeah, I was so tired. Um, you can get physical symptoms such as nausea, mm-hmm. headaches, mm-hmm. body aches, extreme lethargy and exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Um, some people actually, not to be TMI, but some people get like stomach issues like di- diarrhea. Yeah. Like they just shit their pants. Yeah. And they're like, where is this coming from? But it's all energy, like stagnant, old, low vibrational frequency energy leaving your body. Yeah. Right? Because we, as we level up and we come out of these dark nights of the soul, our bodies have to, on a cellular level, not just on an energetic level, but on a cellular level, our bodies have to lighten themselves. Mm. That's when when you say, oh, they're an <laughs> enlightened being, mm-hmm. that's what it means. They lighten up physically, energetically, emotionally, mentally, the whole, the whole nine yards, right? Absolutely, yeah. But that doesn't mean that while you're going through that, it's not fucking painful. No. Do you know anything that you... Get, like you get cunty and frustrated. I get very, I get frustration. Ooh, I do not like uh, him when he is going through a dark night of the soul. He yeah. is a little bitch. 
he is a little baby bitch. And I'm just like, dude, get it maybe together. I should, maybe I should shit my pants more. <laughs> and <laughs> I'd put you in a diaper and you'd really be you know, a little baby bitch. Yeah, it's, you know, mine is frustration, um, you know, lack of focus, procrastination, just being like, distracted. you know, what am, I, what am I doing? Very distracted. And, but then it's funny when I put my finger on it, finally, it's like, okay, uh, I know why. And, you know, I'm going, I was, I'm going through something right now, but I know exactly why I'm going through it. Why? Because I decided to level up. I started leveling up. I was outside and I was thinking, I always listen to something that's positive. Yes. And for some reason I was listening to this book. I was outside having a cigar. It was cold out. And it was an evening. It was about seven o'clock at night, eight o'clock at night. I'm like, ah, you know, this book is good, but wow. What about that book that I got like 10 years ago that I only read half of it? So I immediately put the cigar down, go into the house, go get the book down in my study, and I still had it. And I'm like, why didn't I read this book? I remember how un- unbelievable it was. Well, it was Ogmandino, and it was The Greatest Salesman of the World, and it was a p- three-part book. And the greatest, the greatest secrets of success and the things that you know you were doing. Well, the number one success formula is one of his scrolls is, you know, is, is all about love. Loving yourself, loving every single person. And I started really doing the work with this part of the book. And then I started going down the rabbit hole and even further. And I'm researching Augmentino and I find out he's from Boston. He's got the same accent as me. And I'm going through all of these different things. And I'm like, really, wow, I start seeing so much more to life and where I'm going and where I want to go, where I want to bring my life, my business, my family, everything that I want to accomplish. And then all of a sudden, I think I have everything under control and everything's going in the right direction and then slam. Well, negative energy doesn't like a lot of positive energy. And Matt Babine is a person that has to go through the dark night of the soul. So there's certain things. That's going to do it the hard way. I'm doing it the hard way. So I'm like, ah, oh, now I know why because I'm really leveling up. All of these things that I'm learning and doing and practicing, you can learn, but I really am putting them into practice. And now when every time you try to make a change, you guys know this probably, anytime you want to make a change, your body fights you, right? And my spirit was fighting me on some of these new principles that I was really installing into my brain, into my being, into my soul. And it didn't like it very much. So a lot of stuff started coming up. The old Matt Babine. I mean, I'm talking about old Matt Babine when I was an asshole at like 16 years of age and all these different things coming up. And it's, it was tough. But I, I was like, finally, Katie and I were talking. I'm like, this is great because now I know what it is. Finally. I says, I've been doing all this work with this new book and really putting the principles into effect. Well, my body doesn't like it. My soul may not like it because it's used to go in a certain way for the last 55 years, and now it's time to make the change. See, I think that uh, we shouldn't even call the dark night of the soul the dark night of the soul. I think we should call it the dark night of the ego mm. because your soul doesn't give a fuck. Whether, your soul whatever is whatever like, you're doing, right? Yeah, your soul is like, I'm chill, man. I'm an omnipotent, omnipresent yeah. motherfucker. I don't, I don't give care a if shit. you figure it out now. Yeah. I'm going to be here forever. So who gives a shit <laughs> right, what happens? Right. But it's the ego death. Yeah. That's what's so that's what's so aggressive, and that's what's just oh, it's just so fucking just haunts you every day, because that is really rock bottom when we get to this place where we know in our hearts like the things that we're doing are not 
resonating with who we know we need to be. Mm, and you so said true. to me the other day something like, I'm just so fucking sick of feeling like mediocre. Mm. And, uh, and uh, now, mind you, you guys will probably look at us and be like, you guys aren't fucking mediocre. But to us, we know who we are and we know what we can do and we know th- who God put us on this earth to be. And it wasn't to be a whiny, mediocre, procrastinator, etc. And it's you can't lie to yourself. So I know if I look myself in the mirror today and I go, did I give 150% today? I know. And it's, you know, um, sometimes I have not been happy with the way things were going in my way, right? Probably because some things are not as important to me and I have switched directions and made changes. And I think sometimes that is what? A kick in the face, right? So it's kind of like, oh, you say you want this, but now you're not doing the work to get there or you're not paying attention to the things that you should be doing. And you say you desire these things, but you have to be the person that does those things to get that desire. Correct. If that makes sense. And I think the biggest thing is you can't lie to yourself. And I'm arguing with myself. Well, because your soul's just like, dude, I already know that you're fucking wrong, but I can't say anything. You didn't give 150% on that, but yet you want 150% of the reward, right? And it's like, kind of like, no, it doesn't work that way. Right. You know, you have to be, you know, when you go down this rabbit hole, it really pushes your buttons for sure. And that's a really good thing. And I kind of, we're skipping ahead, like what to do to get out of it quicker. But I think that one of the things to get out of this painful time Mm. in all of our lives, which everybody who is listening to the Ambitious Podcast will go through a dark night of the soul or already have gone through at least one, if not multiple Mm. dark nights of the soul, you're going to have to not lie to yourself. Yes, And that is one of the hardest things because I don't know about you, Matt, but like I can just go along and be like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Mm. At the end of the day, I'm not fucking good. I'm not well, bitch. (laughs) I'm not well, bitch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I know that I'm doing things that are not resonating with who I am. I know that I'm doing things that are part of my old programming. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen to the podcast last week, I talked about my disordered eating. Mm-hmm. And when we went away on vacation and I got to actually get quiet for a second, because, you know, on vacation, I'm not talking to clients constantly. I'm not, you know, serving. I'm not doing all the things that I do when I'm home. Mm-hmm. So I can get quiet. My mind can get quiet. I can get quiet. I can actually do things that remind me of my childhood, the play, the fun, the like the freedom, right? Mm-hmm. And when you let yourself get quiet like that, that's when like the soul's like, ooh, goody, goody, gumdrops. I can actually talk to her and she may listen. <laughs> and that's what happened to me with the disordered eating thing where I was like, dude, I wasted half of my life, you know, focusing on what I'm eating, why I'm eating it, what I'm doing. It's just like, damn, man, I just want to fucking be. I just mm. want to be, be, be. And I'm, and actually from this dark night of the soul with the food thing, it's inspired so many other women in the ambitious movement to be like, you know what? I was, I'm doing the same thing as Katie's doing. And it's not helping me be the best version of myself. Right. 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 But if I didn't allow myself to get quiet and I kept fucking lying to myself and being like, it's okay. Just weigh your food. It's okay. Mm. Just beat yourself up in the gym. It's okay. Just punish yourself and, and do all these different things. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to hold the fucking mirror up to ourselves and be like, yo, you're not fucking towing the line or you're doing shit that is so abrasive to what your soul desires. Yes. Yeah. But people don't allow themselves to have those moments in their lives to get quiet because what do people do as soon as they start feeling uncomfortable? Move. Got to move. Move. Got to move. Walk or go somewhere or whatever. And sometimes you have to just kind of sit in it and kind of say, okay, 
or not, but it will chase you around for the yes. rest of your life, right? And, so and, it's, and they numb themselves, right? They're like, I, yeah. I'll drink it away, I'll eat it away, I'll fuck it away, I'll gamble it away, I yeah. will shop it away, or whatever else you know, addictive shit that we do. Yeah, and comes out somewhere. It's got to come out. It's gonna come out sooner, oh. sooner or later, right? So why do you think that the dark night of the soul happens to all of us? Growth for growth. I hate it, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs> but do I really? Because you ask to be better, or you ask to be stronger emotionally, physically, spiritually. And if you're going out there asking, then how are you going to get stronger? You got to pick up more weight. Yes. Right? You got to pick up more things. You yes. got to make yourself stronger emotionally. Absolutely. Right? And, you know, and I think I think this darkness of the dark night of the soul was I, I lost um, focus, meaning I forgot how. What, in other words, I really focused on where I wanted to go instead of how lucky I am and how grateful I should be paying attention. I was, I had the scales offset, you know, the scales and the, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? You measure the old yeah. days, you yeah. measure how the much weights weight, and the weights and measures. Yeah. And I was focused on the wrong side. And <laughs> until the dark night of the soul had to make me go back and say, oh shit, why am I not paying attention to my gratitude? I have all these things that I've been able to do and accomplish and unbelievable things, and I'm focusing on doing other things, but I'm not being grateful. That's and that's right. where I really got really uh, screwed up. Right. Absolutely. So I want to just go back for a second because there are stages to this. So I want to just go through the stages. So that, like I said, the first stage is the major disruption or triggering event. Like for Matt, it was the plane crash. Mm -hmm. For me, like my first real dark night of the soul was when I was training the pageant girls and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. The second stage is the loss of direction, purpose, hope, and faith. Yes. So that's when you're just like, what's the point of life? I don't even understand why I'm doing this. What's the point of hustling? What's the point of getting up in the morning and, and doing my work? What's the point of any of this shit? Yep. Right? And yep. life just feels so gray and pointless and meaningless and you just feel like lost in the valley. Yes. Like they talk about in the Bible. The third stage is when you actually hit rock bottom. That is when you isolate for for you it was probably not you probably didn't hit rock bottom after the plane crash it probably took a, a while right like you mm -hmm. said it it probably i i mean if you want me my opinion you didn't ask for it but i think your real rock bottom was your divorce oh that was my next one oh you're going to talk about that yeah, oh cuz I, I don't know like sometimes you don't going, like to talk about going, that shit i was going from um i was going in chronic uh, what do you call it? Oh, chronological order. Chronological order. <laughs> the plane crash at 22. Yeah, then UPS, school. School, being a respiratory therapist, uh, marrying and divorcing. Yes. Divorce was a wake up. Was soul. your divorce your, one of your rock bottoms? Oh my God, yes. And when you got divorced from your first wife, mm -hmm. did you, that was when you really started meditating. I started meditating because of it. Because you're like, so dude, I was, I'm going to kill someone no, unless I. It's funny because I was on, I was on the um, spiritual journey. I was doing a lot of, spiritual work and you know i was doing a lot of self-improvement work and it was you know i was doing a lot of work, work with anthony robbins i was on his fire team did a lot of stuff with that and then i started doing i always would like deepak chopra so i read a lot of his stuff and then i was lucky one day i met um deepak's cousin and he's a physician in boston great great guy and shout out I to was, dr anand uh, yeah dr anand he's awesome and he's Deepak's cousin, and I didn't know this. He was just a great guy, and we were golfing one day, and and I was telling him, you know, what I was doing and what I was into, and he goes, "Well, geez, you should learn meditation." And I go, "Oh my god, that would be awesome!" 
Uh, he goes, I could teach you, but he says, you know, I like to keep it separate because I know you this way. And, you know, maybe you could go to um, my um, sister-in-law or whatever. And I says, oh, okay, great. So he goes, oh, but my, my, my cousin lives near Tony Robbins in California. And I go, well, you tell me, you must be doing pretty well. He goes, oh, it's Deepak Chopra. I'm like, damn, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So anyways, he, I ended up learning how to meditate. Um, and it was amazing. So in, during the meditation, I was going through the Dr. Nettisol with the divorce. Yeah. And it saved me because, you know, divorce is a death, right? No matter if you, it was, it was probably five years too late to be divorced. But it was the right thing to do at the time. I yeah. guess it was that I had to go through the process. She had to go through the process. And my daughter had to go through the process. But afterwards, it was stirring, beginning, middle, and end. Anyone who's gone through it, very, very difficult time. Um, and I thank God for meditation and Dr. Anand to be able to get me through that. Right. Yeah. And But you had, a, you had to hit your rock bottom, which is the third stage. Yes. Hitting your rock bottom is the third stage where like, like we I were going to say, bottom. it was the threshold of it pain. Was, it, was the, it was the bottom. Yeah. And then what happens is usually if you surrender to it, if you just say, fuck it, whatever, I'm in pain, what's yeah. the worst that can happen? We were going to die? Like, yeah. you know, like yeah. whatever, right? Then what happens is if you surrender to that and you let yourself go through the pain, yes. you let yourself go through the valley, the darkness, then what happens is you wake up to the truth, which is the light on the other side of that rock bottom. And you know that rock bottom can be some of your darkest hours in your life, which was for you was divorce. Yes. For me, it was you know when I left the pageant industry, I had so many people who I thought were like my family turn mm-hmm. on me. It was like I never okay. existed yeah. or they or they hated me because they felt like I was directly against them and what they were doing. And it's like, no, yeah. this is not about you. I still love you. Yeah. I just can't do this from my own self and my own health anymore. And it just is not it's just not resonating with who I am and the vibrational frequency of my physical well, your self. vibrational frequency was going up and they stayed the same because yeah. they weren't looking for any answers to kind of get better no. or, or uh, which is fine. Right. right? Maybe they weren't ready Everyone for that. Is that's fine. On their own journey. And that's what I really knew that um, my marriage was over because I kept on growing meaning uh, spiritually. Yeah, you were seeking. I was looking to be better. Right. Be better, more loving, more caring, more of a person. How can I serve more? How can I become more? All of these different things. And my, and she ex, wasn't. my ex was just like, I don't want to do any of this. This is weird. You know, why do you want to do this? Who cares about this stuff? And I'm like, you know, it was funny because when I went to see one of the uh, people I was following, I forget, uh, I think it was Anthony Robbins. He goes, sometimes when you do this work, you go back and you recognize, you don't recognize your spouse as the same anymore. Well, she may recognize a change in you where you know, you're ignited during doing this work through meditation, yes. through breath work, through all of these different techniques. And I did notice it when I went home. I was like, wow, because I did this two or three day seminar and I did notice it. If you're doing this work, you want your partner to get involved with you because it, it you know, and if they don't want to, it could be abrasive. Well, a lot of people will say, if you're not growing together, you're growing apart. Yes. And it's really important, guys, when if you're not married and you do want to get married or you want to have a partner, you have to pick a partner that is on your level. Don't pick a partner and be like, well, I think I could fix them. I could change them. And if I'm just really strong and powerful, they'll want to do it. That's not fucking true. No. Like, that is not true. So then after you come out of this this stage four, which is waking up to the truth, right? You're like, holy shit. I just went through all this darkness. Life is so amazing here because I'm actually really like 
doing what I'm supposed to do and what God wants me to do at this moment. Then the next stage is spiritual study. So that's when you're like, I have to learn as much as I can, right? Mm -hmm. That's when you started doing meditation. That's when I started really getting into meditation. Then I started getting into the healing work. Then I started getting into multidimensional healing, the sound healing, the Reiki and all the things that I do now. Yes. And I was so thirsty for it when I came out of that first really big, I mean, I've had many dark nights as well, but that's one off the top of my head that I can talk about. And like since then, I've had multiple dark nights of the soul. And recently, I just came out, I'm just coming out of one now. It started, like I said before, it started about nine months ago when I had a really weird thing happen to me at work. And then I started getting these stomach pains and I was just sick all the time. And when you're in pain, as you know, you can become really depressed because when you're in pain all the time, you can't do what you used to do. You can't physically do what you used to do. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink. I couldn't do anything. And it was just, which was, as we talked about before, sometimes a physical sickness or illness or disease will spark a dark night of the soul because you're like, you can't pay attention to literally anything else except right. getting yourself better. Absolutely. And then you start to realize that so much of the pain that you're feeling in your life, it has nothing to do with your physical body. It's because you're stressed the fuck out because mm. you're worrying about shit and you're focusing on shit that doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't at matter. the end of the day. Nope. So when you come out of this dark night of the soul, then the, the stage five is like this spiritual study where you just want to learn everything about how life can be yeah. on that other side yeah. of that. And then the best part is stage six, which is when you step into your authentic living. Yes. When you really are like, you know what? My perspective has changed. I've transformed. I've taken the pain and suffering and I've I've uh, transmuted it and I've alkalized it into wisdom. Mm -hmm. And then you just keep getting better and better. And then what happens is your purpose and your faith return. And maybe sometimes your purpose and faith is not the same purpose and faith that you had before the dark night of the soul. Right. And that's scary. Yeah. Because like, for example, you know, if you have done something your whole life and then all of a sudden you come out of this dark night of the soul and you're like, I can't do this anymore because it's literally so abrasive to my soul that it hurts me. Mm Mm-hmm and you go back to it, you're a fucking drifter. Yeah. <laughs> you're a drifter. You're an yeah. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> because you yeah. should don't bitch about it if you haven't changed it. Right. Right? And right. yeah, like we were talking before, and Matt's like, we were talking about what we're talking about today before we get on the podcast, and he was like, you know, Katie, there's things in your life that you still have to do because you're in a transition, and that's fucking frustrating to someone to, like me because I just want to like <laughs> chop off the snake's head. Yeah. And sometimes you can't do that because there are repercussions. Yep. And so you have to slowly kind of emerge. But I think what hel- what's helping me right now is knowing that there's an end. Yes. There's an end to it. It's just time that and, I have to put And you're fueled in. by your purpose. Yes. Because when you're talking about your purpose and where you are going, it's like, you know, you, you're unstoppable. Right, right, right. So a lot of people will say to me when I'm coaching them, how long does the dark night of the soul take to get through? I have no answer for that because to each and every one that goes through it, they have their own divine timing. And I will say though, that if you want to get through it quicker, some of the things that you should be doing is number one, do not try to resist or control the dark night of the soul. Mm. Don't think you're stronger than it. Don't think you're smarter than it because the dark night of the soul is coming from a divine place. Mm -hmm. It's coming from God. It's coming from an almighty place. Yes. So if we think that we're smarter than God, we are surely mistaken. and sorely mistaken, mistaken yeah. right? 
So resist, which is so hard for the ego because the whole the ego itself, its whole reason for being here on earth and in our bodies and in our subconscious minds is for what? To fucking control. Mm. Right? Yeah. Now, am I one of those people? Am I one of those spiritualists that say you should never have an ego? You should try to eradicate the ego. No, I do not believe that because I feel like you have to have an ego to get your fucking ass up out of bed in the morning and go to work mm-hmm. and do things and 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 live your purpose. Make things happen. Right. I agree. But to be in a place where your ego is controlling everything, that's mm-hmm. a fucking problem. And I learned... What did I tell you before about the scales? They were out of whack. Yes. And I started focusing on how do I get through the dark night of soul instead of, wow, maybe to get through this dark night of soul is really be grateful of everything I have and really start paying attention to the asset column. I have legs, I have eyes, I can see, I can walk, I can do all of these things. Never mind all of the people I have around my life that are supporting me. Never mind all of the things I've been able to achieve. Never mind all of the experiences that I've been able to have. I was really so much um, frustration and pain and things being brought up from my past through my dark night of soul. I forgot the basics. The basic is gratitude, love, forgiveness. And the number one thing I've been pounding in my head was Augmentino's love. And then I'm having a hard time with the love part. Yeah. You know, and then being being that. And so I think it had to really come up for me to really take a real good look at it and say, you already know this stuff. Now go back to where the basic is. It's yeah. all love and it's all being grateful. Right, right. And that's when the dark day turns blue again. Mm-hmm. And that's when the, the the trees that looked gray like you were talking about start to have color and the flowers yes. look prettier again. Because if you're you're not gonna find it out there. If it's not inside you, it's not gonna be there. Hell no. So if you can't feel grateful, focus on what you do have opposed to what you don't have or where you're going or whatever the case may be is absolutely huge. That was that was my wake up call for this Dark Knight of the Soul. Now I have it right now, but I'll let you know next time how it worked out because this is always going up and down yeah. and so forth. Oh, and so absolutely, on. it's, a, it's, a, it's work. It is work, and if you are someone who like thrives on control, which as we know, control is a fucking illusion. Yes, because you can control everything in the world, and still maybe an asteroid's going to come from outer space yeah. and blow the whole fucking planet up. We don't freaking know, and we That's cannot how I control out that. With the pl- the plane crash, that's right. There's no control. That was your asteroid. I can't fly the plane. Right. I don't know how to keep it in the sky. Absolutely. freaking We're in the middle of the night over the ocean somewhere. Yep. Oh my God, that freak shit. Every time you tell me it, it freaks me out. But when you're the type of person that has this need for control, what's going to happen to you is if you don't allow yourself to surrender to this moment in your life, what's going to happen is the lesson that you have not learned because you're like holding on, like white knuckling it, scratching and clawing, right? Holding on to like the last thread. The fucking thing that the dark night of the soul is trying to teach you will keep coming up over and over and over fucking again. Yes. Right? Like how many times out there in a bitch's land, how many times right here, well, Matthew Babine, Matthew, Katie Matthew Boyd, in bitch's world. how many times have we been like, oh my God. Like we'll look at each other and be like, <laughs> oh my God, it's the same fucking lesson, the same thing, but with a different face. Yep. Right? Yep. Because we haven't really released that control. So I think that number one, if you want to get through it quicker, you have to surrender to it. You have to release and you have to understand that this is happening for your highest, greatest good. 
I surrender. I surrender. I surrender as well. now. <laughs> I have been surrendering. Serenity now. <laughs> I, I actually I'm think Seinfeld. Right? Serenity now. I actually think if I didn't get sick, I'd still be fighting it. Yeah. I think the sick, the feeling of being sick for so long. Yeah. Because I'm not a sick person. No, you're never, never sick. Freaked me the fuck yeah. out and it scared yeah. me so much. And then yeah. like when I was like in one doctor's office and then one surgeon's office and then like one the specialist's office, like oh, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, boom. I mean, how many times did I get my blood taken in like a yeah. couple weeks, you know? Like it was so fucking scary. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I am not going to allow this anymore because it's my fucking fault that the, all this is happening. And I know that people come for me and they're like, why do you say that? And I'm like, ambitious women and men take radical responsibility for where they are in life. So if I say everything is my fault, then that's a power position because that means I can fix it all by myself, mm-hmm. right? But when we are blaming other people or other circumstances or things for why we are where we are in our lives, that that is releasing the control, yeah. right? And that is not living an ambitious life. Um, how else are you getting through your dark night of the soul? Are there anything else, other things that you're kind of trying to like keep doing and and reminding yourself so you said the gratitude is huge so gratitude go to your is, gratitude, yeah, gratitude surrender what else surrender um just really use it for my purpose right so if i'm going through this and i have all this information and i know all these things and i've been able to work with the best of the best and all this stuff what are regular people that haven't had the opportunities that i have going through because everyone's going through their own dark nights of the soul they just don't know what it is. Yes. They call it other things like stress or depression or all these other labels. Anxiety. They, anxiety or but they put different labels on it. But really what it is is a lot of 99.9% of the time they're going through a dark night of soul and things that used to work for them are not working any longer. And, and they keep trying to make that thing work. Make it work because that's what they that's all they know or they're afraid of you know change making a change. Which is which is very common, and that will be you know that will beat you up even more when you try. Like I said, when I started making a big change, that's when you know that's when the what do you call it? It comes for you, right? As far as the pressure cooker. What if everything you want in life is on the other side of that fear? It absolutely is. It always is. Right. Every so time. faith over fear, always. Yeah. yeah. Faith over fear, always. And the purpose. What are you doing? What do you want to create? What do you want to make happen? Right. How do you want your life to be? We're all creators. You know, the only ones that really say I'm a creator is. Unfortunately, just successful people That's say right. they're creators. Yeah. I was listening to something today while I was doing my hair and makeup, and uh, it was Joel Olstein, mm-hmm. Pastor Joel Olstein, talking to Ed Milet. And he was saying about God in Genesis in the Bible, when did God create heaven and earth? Mm-hmm. He created heaven and earth in the darkness. He yep. wasn't like smoking a butt, doing it in the daylight, getting a tan, having some fucking Hawaiian <laughs> tropics on his skin. He was like in the fucking dark. There's only darkness. And what if the darkness is where you create? Mm-hmm. I feel like it is because in this dark night of the soul, it has it has sobered me up in so many ways, mm-hmm. right? And it has made me so focused on a totally different trajectory of my life. And it's made me really focus on the main thing being the main thing and to not think that all the creation happens in the good times and the fun times and the light times. Most of the fucking shit that you go through is what catalyzes you to be the best version of yourself. Yeah. And I love how he was also talking too about the seed. A seed on the shelf ain't gonna do nothing. Right. But if you put that seed in the dirt, where's the dirt? The dirt is dark. It's muddy. People are trampling on you. Mm -hmm. Like all these horrible things are happening. But in your little seed self, 
that is when the magic is happening. And then you become whatever the, the apple tree or the oak or whatever. And I think that we, we think that we're buried, but we're not, we're planted Mm -hmm. and we're blooming and we're blossoming. And that's the time of growth and becoming stronger and putting our roots, not only deep into the ground, but wide so that any storm that comes our way, we may bend and we may sway, but we will not break. And that's the beauty of the dark night of the soul. So my biggest thing, and I know that you'll probably back me up on this, is to get through it quicker, you got to surrender to it. And you have to realize that these horrible, scary, bad, uncomfortable things are happening for your highest, greatest good and for your up-levelment, period. Yeah. You agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Doesn't mean it's fun. Nope. It doesn't mean it's easy. I... So I have to quote Oprah when she says, please, Lord, don't teach me anything today. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. You know, when the lesson comes along, it's not going to be a little fairy tale lesson. No. It's going to be usually something that is going to be – what she was talking about is the dark, night, cracker. The, the, the dark night of the soul. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're going to learn – um, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to bust your asshole bust wide your open. It's going to send you back to the drum board. Oh. <laughs> the other night I was with Katie, and I, I, I think I got pissed off about something. And she goes, babe, what about the book you're reading? And I go, all right, back to the drawing board. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay. We're human beings. We're not human doings, right? So I'm not a robot. I'm trying to make changes I'm not going to be freaking perfect. No. But I'm moving in the right direction. Yes. And when I screw up, I really do just say, oh, shit. Back to the drawing board. Back again. I have to start over again. And that's what you have to do. And I don't know how many times it takes. It takes everybody so different different steps. My steps apparently have been a little longer than others. And sometimes shorter than other people. Yes. I'm on the right path. Yes. But don't be afraid to be you know, go back to the drawing board. Right. You know. Absolutely. So, guys, if you're feeling like this right now, you are not alone. And this is probably not your first and last time you're going <laughs> to feel this way. So I think the more that we can sit with the darkness mm. and know that there is dawn and the darkest part of the night is right before the light comes in the morning. Right? Yes. The darkest part of the night is right before the dawn. So if you're in this place, know that you're not alone. That's number one. Seek out other people like me or a a community of like-minded people to be your cheerleaders, to get your back, to help you get through this because you are not alone. I promise you. I know that when you're in the dark night of the soul, you do feel alone. You feel like you're the only one that's ever felt like this in your Mm. entire life. But but at the end of the day, I mean, this shit's been going on since the dawn of freaking time. Absolutely. I mean, John of the Cross is chilling, talking about this shit in the 16th century, <laughs> right? So, you know, this is not the first time. It's not the last time. But I think that the more that we surround ourselves with positive people, we fill up our minds with positive things. We know that there is going to be light at the end of that tunnel. And we do all the things that we have to do to make the needle move, however fast or slow, it's on your own time, right? You're a free bitch. God gave you free will. You can do it as long or as short as you want to. But just know that this is not a breakdown. It's a breakthrough. Mm. And if you can treat it that way, every time you feel this way, you are going to level up so much quicker every time that you're confronted with an ego death, an ego dissolvement, or as we like to call it in the spiritual community, a dark night of the soul. Mm. So 
that is my two cents. I'm really grateful for my husband, Matt Babine, a.k.a. Oh, Big you. Bernard, being here today. <laughs> two Bernard. sad sacks. Say that. Two sad sacks going through the dark <laughs> night of the soul. But what's beautiful about it is we have each other. And we really lift each other up and we, you know, if one of us is feeling not so fresh that day, the other one like gets yeah. the cheerleading outfit on and the pom-poms and the fucking pigtails. Yes. And we cheer, cheer each other on. <laughs> and you do the same thing for me, you know, yeah. when I'm, when I'm hurting, right? Yeah. So you're not alone. And if you are feeling bad, like reach out to someone who is, has already gone through these things, right? Listen to this podcast. Go get ambitious the book there's literally a whole chapter about this yeah. it's called ascension symptoms right we think we're going through shit but we're actually going through an ascension yeah and that's a beautiful place to be and in the meantime you guys know i love to hear from you so if this podcast brought a lot of value to you don't forget to share it on all of your socials don't forget to give us a five-star written review if you listen to this on itunes mm -hmm. Don't forget to go to the show notes and join the Ambitious app. We have so many amazing events coming up. The app got a whole new facelift. It's next freaking level. And we just have some awesome things coming in the Ambitious community that I know is going to help you level up in every way, shape, and form. And if you don't do it, don't fucking complain because all <laughs> the tools are right here in front of you and you're choosing not to pick up the proper tool for the proper job. <laughs> Right? That's right. The tools are there. The tools are there. Matt, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. It was awesome. Yeah, it was really, really fun. I love you guys. And in the meantime, don't forget to stay ambitious. And I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs>